Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey you guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and each week we talk to someone of interest about it and this week we are talking to three people of interest about Season 1, Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian. Welcome, Robbo. How you doing, Robbo? From the Robbo Report. How are you doing, Steel? I'm good. Um, me and Robbo have been having very terse interactions on uh, before we got started. This one, you can watch this on YouTube, except you can't see Robbo. You can just see his desktop, which is um, a very scantily clad Skeletor lying on a, uh, a Battle Cat rug, which I kind of imagine that's how Robbo's dressed. Also, from the Canto Bite Dispatch, our frequent guest, it's Emily Lind. Hello. And from Rogue One and Blue Harvest, it's Hawes Burkhart. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, guys? Ah, oh, it's going fantastic. It's um, I've been left by this first episode, and 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 spoiler alert, everyone. I guess maybe if you are waiting out, um, should we just give our initial off the cuff? Response or well, not off the cuff? I want to do it in the um, how we did the, the the survey today. Did you guys see that? The yeah. the the, the uh, on Twitter. Oh, I think I'm still might have the Mandalorian hashtag muted. Ah, that's uh, a wise thing. Wait there, I'll get it up. So, the Mandalorian chapter one. Uh, all the votes are in. Uh, the answers were, I was disappointed, it was decent, pretty impressed, or blown away. Emily, where do you hit? Blown away. Hawes. Blown away. Blown away. The far harder to please Robbo. What was the one right underneath, blown away? Pretty impressed. That one. Oh, that's 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 it's not bad. Wow. Praise from Robbo. God, Favreau's sleeping well tonight. I was at I was at blown away. Um I I like we we'll just jump into spoiler territory. Uh we won't mess about. But I thought it was like I was enjoying it as like a a pretty good Star Wars show. But I wasn't like totally into it unknowingly until the reveal at the end with uh, Baby Yoda, Yoda Junior. Yoju, can we call him Yoju? Absolutely not. You can. Thank you. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with it. Everyone else doesn't seem uh, that 
I think it works. But anyway, until then, it when it bring in that sort of such an interesting way of bringing in the force. That was when I was like, I didn't realize the whole episode I was enjoying it, but I, I don't think I was fully connecting because of like it was just missing that ingredient of the force. Uh, Emily, how, how did you? Uh, how did it all sort of connect to you? I mean, I was in from jaw hold open, totally got me. I was in love with it. Um, I really like westerns and things that play with westerns. So having a scene that was absolutely straight out of a western. And then how do you not like Baby Yoda? Yoju. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Fine. Anyway, how, how do you not like Baby Yoda, Robo? Is there is there a way? If there's a way, I'm sure you could find it. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's it's. I mean, if you really don't want to see Yoda demystified any more than he already has been, I mean, it's kind of too late for that, I guess. Like you've already seen like his office. Like it's pretty. <laughs> it's not much more you can do to Yoda to like demystify him. It's like this is where Yoda works. In box here, out box there. Where was Yoda his office? Mondays. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, like, but it's where was I, his but office? I, I liked it. Like, Robo, I, I thought, Robo, that, where was his office? We didn't see his office. What I mean, what was one of the like barely decorated rooms he was walking around in in the prequels? Like, was it one of those his office? Right? I don't know. They're just rooms. What? He's not allowed to have rooms. Did did, did seeing a room is that is that wrecked your childhood? I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth, Steel. I, I, I won't. I won't. Hawes. No, I mean. I, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Hawes. Hawes, man, it's really weird watching you guys bicker with a picture of sexy Skeletor. <laughs> and just imagine that's who's arguing with Steel. Like, eh, I'm, I'm going to sleep well tonight, I'll tell you that. All right. Can, can, can I ask. Robbo, can your nitpicking be about the actual show we're talking about and not bring up grudges you have against Excuse me. 15-year-old Steel, movies? You asked me a hypothetical. You didn't ask me what I actually thought. So what I actually think is I thought it was cool. Like, I, I didn't really have any problem with it. Like, I thought it was really cute looking. I loved the, the details of... Um, like, uh, the Mando, like, putting out his finger. Like, that's the thing that only somebody who really likes, uh, little bitters does, you know? It, it's, uh, it was, it was really cool. It was, like, a good character moment, um, for the guy that we didn't get to see his face. It's about as much personality as you're gonna get to see, right? And as far as, like, the demystifying Yoda thing, I don't really know whether it's a problem anymore for the reasons I just gave. But also, like, the only, my only problem with it was not for me, but my son, after watching, he was like, so... This must be like 900 years before Star Wars. Because he oh. naturally assumed that that was actually Baby Yoda. Oh. And why wouldn't he? That... For a kid, why wouldn't you? Or for like a person who's not super dialed into Star Wars, like why wouldn't you assume that? The, the, it never really tells you. The show doesn't. Yeah. What do you make of that? Like I, I complained about it with... Um, you know, Rogue One, that it didn't give you that, you know, the timestamp at the front. And this one just goes straight into it. What do you reckon, Hawes? Do, do we sort of need a, like, there's sort of this, like, assumed someone's looked up the timeline before it starts? Like, I think it could 
whether through like some sort of something on screen or through some bit of dialogue could have at some point established that for people. I think that would have been helpful, you know, like it could have just as easily been in the conversation between, uh, Carl Weathers and the Mandalorian where he's like, you know, that's all the bounties we have or whatever. And he's like, or when, when he tries to give them the Imperial credits even, and he's like, you know, the empire's gone, right? Like they could have worked some bit of dialogue into there to give you a timestamp, I think. Uh, and my other smallish complaint was I would really like a Rogue One style planet briefing. You know what I mean? Like in Rogue One, they put the name of the planet and stuff down in the, like the corner. Mm. So you would know when it changed locations. And I'm a little confused about how many actual planets were in this episode so like they could have maybe made that a little more clear is it three it's either three or four is the place where he goes where all the other mandos hanging out is that a different planet no it's in the same one i, I yeah, thought so too at first yeah. yeah okay it's in the same one where uh Werner herzog is in in space carl weathers okay well then you know that's fair enough but i I honestly, I've watched it a few times now, and that was never something that I came away being like, yeah, I know that for sure, you know? Yeah, and I feel like those second two planets are not that dissimilar. The one where he goes to where he, his mission is, right? Yeah. And and the one, well, yeah, it's kind of like one's just a little darker in tone, like, the ground is a little darker, but it's like busted up lava instead of like busted up craggy sand dunes and stuff. <clears throat> I mean, it's indistinguishable from Jeddah. It's got a lot of the same like costumes on the people who are walking around in the streets. But if they make it too different than what we're used to, it it looks just sort of disorienting. So I don't know what they're supposed to do there other than oh, give us I'm, a title. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know that. You know, it even bothers me. I, I, it's just the Star Wars nerd in me wants to know what planets those are. I think we're only told the name of the third one, right? Do they say it? I don't think they say it. I think it's it's the only one that's been, like, published or made official. Oh, but, really? I haven't even seen oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, go, going right up to the front of the episode, what did you guys think? Uh, uh, Robbo, you've always got uh, feelings about this sort of stuff about that logo, about the flashing with all the faces, and then it said Star Wars. I was... If, if that showed up at the start of the film, I'd be like, ugh, ugh. Like, does anyone know anything about that? Do you like that one, Robbo, or don't care? I mean, it, it looks pretty, like, unimpressive to me. I did notice that they, they changed the Star Wars font very slightly for the first time in, I don't know, how many years. Anybody else spot that? Uh, not me. No. Yeah, is it when the letters meet up? They're on angles? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so the T and the A in star, the T is at an <laughs> angle to match the angle of the A. Uh, I think it was actually a really kind of, it, I don't know whether it was necessary, but I think that was an interesting thing to do. It doesn't look bad. It, it looks pretty good. I don't know, what, but nobody notices, so it, it doesn't actually matter. It looks like that sort of not-your-daddy's Star Wars font that they used a lot of the time when The Force Awakens was coming out in, like, press. I don't know. There was this other, like, sort of 
sort of like modernized Star Wars lettering. Do you remember that horse? Uh, vaguely. Um, I don't know. Like, like you said, if they put that in front of one of the movies, like if that was in front of Rogue One or Solo, I don't think I would have liked it. But for some reason, in front of the Mandalorian, I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know why, but it, it was probably, if I'm being completely honest, the utter excitement that I was finally watching the Mandalorian. So they could have put anything up there. <laughs> Emily, thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down? I, I thought it was fine. I think it would be weird to see in front of the movies in the theater just because it'd be weird to see something different in front of the movies. But for a TV show, I'm perfectly fine with it. It looks all right. <laughs> but it would... It would wreck your in-cinema pacing of your excitement. Like if the Lucasfilm <laughs> logo came up and then it was like, hey, here's 15 seconds of this sweet animated GIF, like helmets. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like change. I don't know. But then on, on, on the flip side, everyone's so happy about the 21st Century Fox being at the start of all the films. And I'm just like, man, 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 man. Yeah. Anyone care about that? No. Uh, it doesn't really affect me whether it's there or not. I'm not there for the 20th Century Fox logo. I have nostalgia for it, obviously, but it did, it has not bothered me not being there, you know, since The Force Awakens. Not one bit. Yeah, Interesting right. trivia that may not be true. Uh, I think that John Williams actually went ahead and recorded a new version of that fanfare the classic 20th Century Fox fanfare for the movie, and that's been used ever since. And that might be why it appears on a lot of the soundtrack albums, which may be why people are extra nostalgia about it, nostalgic about it. Yeah, because it is on the CD, which, um, you know, they, they should also have, like, the copyright warning and, you know, all that stuff on the CD as well. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, well, that, that, that opening scene I thought was pretty brilliant. Like, it was dripping with like Western cliches, but it, it sort of like, it sort of told the random person clicking what you're like. It's like, you're watching a Western with a star Wars license. Anyway. And it sort of, you know, gave you a, a vibe about the guy and stuff. Um, and that door way better than the, the bar swinging, like in the old Western films, like that, how they got those swinging doors, which do nothing. They don't even go. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't cut somebody in half with them. No, at worst, it'll smack you on the ass, like if you're not paying attention. I can picture that happening to me as like an old West nerd. Like, <laughs> I think that's where the term don't let the door hit you on the way out came from. It must be. Because most other doors, it's not a concern. No, that's true. Hmm. Um, what did you think of the blue dude? I liked him. Horatio Sands. Yeah. I can't believe that was him. <laughs> Did anybody know that was for sure that was him just by seeing it or hearing it? No, no, I didn't realize until I saw the credits. It didn't like, sound like him to me. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought they did a good job with his humor and stuff. Like, um, I want to know why they want his glands. What's up with that dude's glands? They have a and, sweet mask, apparently. All righty. What do, what do people do with it? Make cologne. Yeah, I didn't really think about what they did with it. 
I was sort of just thinking, you know, people with whale tusks and all that sort of stuff. Um, I I don't really know this actor where everyone seems to know him. What's he from? He was on SNL for like 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. he's famous for basically being the only person who might ruin as many sketches as Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) I don't mean ruin like in like, he's really funny, but he 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 cannot keep a straight face. Yeah, he, he... he uh what do they call it in the biz steel when you can't uh when you when you laugh on stage and you're not supposed to what's that called i don't know breaking the fourth wall Cor- corpsing he corpses. Uh, yeah okay see you're you're, you're dr show business you are dr show business <laughs> i i'm not sure if i like his voice or hate it. it 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 sort of made me feel like i was watching an episode of deep space nine it looked very star trekky <laughs> It is more of a Star Trek alien design, and I don't know why I think that. It's because he's, his voice has no effect on it, right? Yeah. It was just like like American. Yeah, it's like in Star Wars, like traditionally, not always. I'm, I guarantee you it's not always because I'm always going to be wrong when I say always. But it, it's... Not always. Uh, it's um, it's like usually if somebody doesn't speak with like a voice, like a ring modulator filtered over their voice or something like that, then it's going to be like an alien language partially, like Bib Fortuna, like he speaks some English, but also like some Huttese or whatever it is, and then that helps. Like, but this guy just like he no accent, nothing. Yeah, he just went to Starbucks and ordered a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, if Uncle George is behind this, it would have some like very racially insensitive accent there. That would. <laughs> but I bet you the whole thing about him evacuating his thorax would have still been in there. Oh, he would have heard. That, he wouldn't have faked was... it. He would have actually done it. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, Emily, you're you you watch probably more show. You're a big Deadwood fan, right? Yes. Okay, are you like? Is there something I'm missing about what his plan was when he goes down to the hull of the ship? Is like, does he have some kind of like, like, is there some kind of like old timey westerny escape plan? Because it looks to me like he somehow knows the combination to the gun locker. He opens it up, then he closes it, and then he wanders around a bit. Like, what did you? Am I alone? Like, I thought like for sure what he's going to do is he's going to grab a gun and like start like plotting an ambush immediately to draw like to build up tension that seemed to me like what like you know if like Clint Eastwood were going to bring like in Eli Wallach or somebody that's what Eli Wallach would do I mean I'm trying to think of uh Deadwood equivalent here and I can't quite think of the one but I I thought that was really an interesting choice actually and I liked it I uh like you I thought when he opened the guns I thought okay well he's going to take a weapon and then we're going to get more bloodshed I think maybe he was looking for an in to talk him out of it. To talk him into letting him go. He goes down there and finds like a photo of his little helmeted kids. Yeah. He's just trying to figure out who this guy is. Oh, family man. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. He seems sort of maybe like a con man or something. That was my, my guess on what his crime probably was. Yeah, I think... It was sort of his character, like wanted to look for a way out, but then when he saw the gun thing, he's like, like he's not that sort of criminal. Like he's whatever his crime was was very, like 
placid and yeah, con manny or you know something. He owes someone money for like gambling or something. But he's he was sort of wanted to get a way out, but you know he's not gonna he's not the sort of person that's gonna like try to fight a bounty hunter. Like he like I don't think he had a plan except to try look around and hopefully something opens up. And the only thing down there was was a bathroom. But when he was flicking through the carbonite things, I was like, Oh, this is some good Star Wars action that I never knew. I um desperately wanted I, I just love all that sort of in universe there were so many like delightful little Star Wars treats in it but um does do, yeah. do you, does that sort of click with you um Robbo why he didn't grab the blasters and stuff no like this is I I think I should talk about this later not right now but I think there's like some weird like situations where a, like an experienced director would have said like this is what you're thinking right now. This is what you're doing. You can like, it would tell the actor to like, look, cause if he's like, Oh, I can't use a gun. He'd like do like a face. Like he'd like reach for it and they'd be like, I, I can't do that. Like, even though I'm probably going to die, if I don't, like I can't do it. There's no face. He just kind of like, uh, and then he like blip, 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 open up, looks at the guns, blip, 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 closes, walks around. There's like, no, he, you gotta I tell the actor what to do. I think there was a bit of a face when he saw the guns. Maybe there was. Maybe I mean, I just didn't. I was expecting something a little bit more from the fish man, but I don't know. Like, I, I just reckon Robbo is commencing his anti Filoni campaign. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I did like just just jumping back that they cut away for the guy getting cut in half, like. I'm sure there would have been a temptation to show some gory, but I'm I'm glad they sort of, um, you know, they, they made it a little bit like, you know what happens, but we don't have to show you. I don't don't need to see all that stuff. They do show you the bottom half of his body kind of out of focus, like falling off. (laughs) Like it's there. Yeah. But it's not like this graphic game of Thrones there's no gore. Yeah, it's it's like the you know like Ponda Baba. I, I was expecting a terrible Roger Moore esque quip about the door right after that, and they didn't get it. And I was like, okay, all right, you've you've won my respect. Because yeah. he could easily, like, guys, should I told you to check that door, get that door fixed, or something <laughs> stupid like that? They didn't. Doors jammed. <laughs> Um, what about that? What's that character called? The Gardenian, is it? Garandan. Garandan? I think it's Garandan. But I, I haven't thought about him for years. And oh, the 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 long uh, nose guy, the anteater guy who plays the flute with his nose. Yeah, he's got like he's got he's got Uber on his flute. It's amazing. <laughs> what what kind of business is that guy running? Like. Is it like a cab stand? And if so, why? Because that seems to be the only like three huts on the entire planet. <laughs> like where, like, why are people parking out? He's like, I need to go to the yard. It's like, so why? It's uh, like a part of the grand Star Wars tradition now since Rogue One of parking really far away from where you need to go. It's, it's like, what? what's the deal? Like, why do hey, you? Robo, Robo. I, I tell you, Ben Mendelssohn, when he came to my house, 
he said he did the long walk for effect. That, that's what he told me when he came around. Yeah, in this case, it was like, okay, we're not going to park by the town. We're going to park out on the like, like ice field where the the walrus snakes are. I my I felt like sort of it was all ice though, and maybe it's not safe to park your big old ships where the car oh. is. Yeah, so, so you can have like rocks. a land speeder. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we actually dealt with an issue like this in Blue Harvest Adventures. Oh, Cause, do you remember? That was his plug, not mine, my man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. No, 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 this is, yeah, no, I mean, no, but this is Robbo's basis for all his critique is like, <laughs> I, I do better sound effects than this. I run better things than this. No, I did exactly the same thing for exactly the same reason is what I'm going to say. It's like, it's more interesting. It's like, you got to get to your ship, but you want something exciting to happen. Right. Like, okay, so you park far away and then you have exciting stuff happen on the way. Like, it doesn't really... That's the real reason. It's just to be cool. And it was cool, right? Uh, I think so. <clears throat> big, big uh, ice walrus and Brian Posehn. Right. Mr. Show's very own. Hey, Horde, do you have any yeah. other internet things going on on your computer? Just you're coming off very pixelated to me. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's just that, that, that sweet Alabama upload. Yeah. Um, that first speeder at the Uber stand, that, that had me a bit worried. It, it was a bit, um, attack of the speeder. Yeah. That was, in my opinion, like the weakest moment of CG in the first episode was that first speeder that showed up. And like, I had this crazy theory in my head that it has something to do with that shade of yellow because it's the same shade of yellow as like the Naboo starfighters. Mm-hmm. And I think they also don't look so great in CG. But I wonder I, why I, that is. Hmm. I like that the updated speeder's got a droid in it now. Like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Luke just had the one where he had to have the protocol droid just drive. But um, the built-in one, sweet action. And then you get the first hint of his anti-droid rhetoric. Yep. Um, so Brian Prosane, when the, um, he got eaten by that, um, walrus snake. Thank you. And then the cracks started going towards the screen, like along towards the ship. I I could sort of see the special effects budget, like, like tally up, like go higher. Like, as the crack got, I was like, it's like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Then he comes out and it's like two million dollars. <laughs> I was, um, I, I wonder if they put a lot more of, of that sort of stuff in the first episode, and the other ones will be a bit more subdued. But I, I sort of thought that I, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Um, I don't know, all-encompassing with, like, like creature effects like that. Um, did that delight you, Emily? I really liked it. I wasn't, like you, I sort of wasn't expecting anything that big. Uh, especially not, I mean, I guess it makes sense, really, that you want that in your first episode to sort of show, hey, we're making a big Star Wars show and we spend a lot of money on it. But I was expecting, if we were ever going to get that, it'd be later on big climactic moment not 
here's the thing that happens as an inciting incident for a little bit, and then it's never going to be referred to again because it's not even important at all. And then Hawes, for Boba Fett fans, which you are, a magic moment with the escape. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... It's kind of tough saying it, but, like, the first whole section of this movie made... Or movie, the show made him way more badass than Boba Fett. Like, they, they sort of, like, really pushed it over the... You know what I mean? Like, Boba Fett doesn't do much in those original trilogy movies. Um, what I liked about how they made him, though, like, later on, was he wasn't the, like... I can do anything superhero. Like he took, he took the um, IG-11's help. Like he sort of... Yeah, and he wasn't as... I was a little worried that he was going to be like video game serious the whole time, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this really quickly because I'm, I'm more curious what Hawes, the, the, the Boba Fett uh, super fan, has to say about it. But like that was the big turning point for me is when he meets Ugnot Nick Nolte. Uh, or Ugnolte, as he's been referred to by uh, someone other than me, but um, is that, like, it changes everything, because you see him get, like, punked on by that, like, uh, half a, um, what is it, like, half a do-back thing. Flurg. Yeah. And uh, when you see that, it's like, oh, like, he tries to use his flamethrower for some reason, (laughs) but it's too late. His arm is already in its mouth, and then he's got, like, kind of this, like, weird argument with the Ugnot, and he kind of gets talked into, well, you got to learn how to ride this monster. Why? Because you got to. I'll take a speeder. No, your ancestors used to ride monsters. Okay. And then you see him get bucked off the monster. I don't know. I just thought it was like it made him a lot more. That's when I really got it got my attention is like, oh, this this is interesting. I want to know what this guy does. Like, what I mean, what is is that the same or? Yeah. And like one of my big concerns going into this was. The same concern I had, same concern I had with the like proposed Boba Fett movie is it would just be kind of like the ultimate bro Star Wars movie, where I'm just serious. There's nothing funny about this character. You know what I mean? It's just all dark, and I'm chasing folks. Um, and it started off a little bit that, but like it's like the tone of the show slowly warmed up. And became a little more lighthearted as it went on, and then like, like I feel like by the time the big final battle happens, it's like pure Star Wars fun. It's a dude in cool looking armor, my favorite looking armor, like doing a bunch of cool stuff with an IG droid. Like it was so much fun by the end. Like I loved it as a whole experience, but like the way it ramped up into the end really pushed it over the edge for me. I found the tone, like, surprising, like, surprisingly light. I, I thought it was going to be, I guess, like, you whores, uh, far more brooding. Um, like, did you have, like, how was your read on it, Emily? Was, did you sort of, were you surprised with sort of how delightful it was? Yeah, I was also, I mean, one of the things I was surprised by was how much the Mandalorian spoke. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a much more tack turn. I, and basically, I thought the whole thing was going to be like that opening scene. Mm, so. uh. And I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't 
I don't know that I would have thought going in that I wanted, okay, let's hear him talk a whole bunch and make some jokes and stuff, but I ended up I ended up really digging it. I think they did a good job with it. I think it makes him a much more interesting character. And and also, I mean, he's the lead on the show. You have to like him, and this goes a long way to that. Can I ask a quick, quick question of you guys? Did the fact that he was helmeted the whole time, did that, um, did that bother y'all ever? Because I know that was one of the things people always said about, like, the idea of a Boba Fett movie is like, Oh, are we just? Gonna, is he just going to be in the helmet the whole time? Like, how can you emote and act and stuff in a helmet without it looking goofy? Uh, it didn't bother me. I never noticed it once, but I was wondering if that was a thing for anybody else. Is it really? I, oh, so are you going, Mike? Okay, I was perfectly fine with it in this forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think Pedro's got a really emotive voice, so that works. And you can see with the Baby Yoda scene, you can do emotional stuff. Uh-huh. Like having, having the finger come out, and like that was a, a really good emotive moment. I, when, he, when we bring in other characters and he's interacting with, with Cara Dune or Fri- more with Werner or with Moff comes in. I can see that being a problem when there's a bit more interper not just fighting things. Uh, Steve, what were you going to say before I chime in? Um, you go. I, I think Emily covered it. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't so much the helmet that threw me off at the beginning. It was the fact that he, there's no, like, exposition character. To, like, you, you expect when Space Horatio Sands is talking to him that you're going to get, like, some kind of information. Because that's how, like, you know, the... Okay, so Star Wars, the motion picture, right? The original. Like, you get all your information by the characters who don't know what's going on. Like, right, like Luke is asking, like, what's that thing? And then, like, Han, like, slaps his hand away. And it's, like, tells it, like, you know, explains to you what hyperspace is. You don't know that. And so that's how you do it normally when you're, when you're, you know, that's how most movies would do it. Is you have, like, the, there's the Sherlock Holmes who knows everything. And there's the Watson who is asking the questions. And there wasn't that. And once you introduce Ugnolty and, uh, in, in the, in IG-88, or whatever he is, and then it becomes more interesting to me because it's like, okay, you're learning a little bit more. Or when he's talking, like, there's a really weird thing where they're talking about, like, chain codes. Like, what's a chain code? And then, and then like, Werner Herzog, I can give you the last four digits. And he said, you can only tell me how old they are, which means, like, a chain code is what exactly? Like, it's, you'd expect there to be, like, some, like, sassy droid who'd be like, you know, I don't understand this. Explain it to me, Mandalorian. And but there, there wasn't. And I think once once he's interacting with people, I felt like it much more. It was much more easy to follow. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. But uh, I, I sort of found the fa- the the chain code thing pretty easy. Like I don't know what it is, but 
all I need to know that is the the bounty's fifty years old. And I sort of thought Blue Man did a fair bit of exposition with his just con- like it was sort of constantly the things he was asking and saying was sort of setting up the character. Um, but yeah, like you never take your helmet off. Is that true? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. I I, I thought that was um, pretty good. I I still just find him with his American accent and blue skin like. I was just watching this bizarre dream that there was a Star Wars TV show. Like, it, oh, it just dude, seems uh, so Star Wars TV show. So, you know, I was going to bed on Monday night, and I planned on getting up really early, like 5.30 or so, to try and watch it before I had to get ready for work. And just as I was getting in bed, people on Twitter were like, uh, The Mandalorian is up if you have the app. So I jumped on, and sure enough, it was there. So instead of getting up early, I stayed up and, and watched it late in the whole next day. I think I said this to you, Steele. Like, it kind of didn't feel real. I was like, did I really watch that? Was that a dream? Did I really see a baby Yoda in a Mandalorian? Hoss, can I ask you a question? Like, Sure. You, you're, you've read, like, all the Boba Fett, like, books and comics and stuff, right? Like, I don't much. know that I could say all of them. I mean... I've read a lot of them. I, you know, Horse, are, you, are you Alabama's biggest Star Wars fan? Who's Alabama's? Alabama's biggest Star Wars. Oh, fan? No, Probably I just not. say it when it's like, oh, you've read like you know people that they go, he's got every Star Wars toy. He's read everything. <laughs> um, I don't know that I've read them all, but I have read a lot. Like, so I, my understanding is that there's like, there's some kind of like shift in the lore that happens even like before the buyout, like, does this like do anything to repair that or. So, you know, before the Clone Wars came out, we were all just sort of under the assumption that Boba Fett and Jango Fett were Mandalorians, right? And then when they start working the Mandalorians into the Clone Wars, uh, they established that he's not. And it was always kind of like a debate because the person who says that is not necessarily the most trustworthy person in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's been further clarification. Like there was a, a like a scum and villainy guidebook that came out from Pablo Hidalgo and it's reiterated there. And they've said it in interviews leading up to this and stuff. So this made no, you know, it, it didn't deal with Boba Fett and Jango Fett at all. So they had, the, they had the weird dinosaur skull thing, right? That's on the Boba mythosaur, right? And they—that's the mythosaur, and that's what uh, oh. Nick Nolte refers to. He's like the ancient Mandalorians wrote the great mythosaur. Clearly, you could write a blurg or whatever it is. He says, like that's that's what that skull is. It's a, it's a mythosaur skull. Nick Nolte, if you're listening and you need an understudy. <laughs> That, that, that was actually pretty exceptional. Really good. Say. That was actually more Nick Nolte than the voice that we heard. Like I, when I was listening to, it, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of toned down, Nick Nolte." I guess, yeah. That was pure, that was full on, full Nolte. Thank you. Hey, so you know how they he gives him imperial credits, and he's like, "Nah, dog." You know, the, right. the empire's done. Did he not want to use them because he's anti-Empire or because the money's worth nothing? 
I think it's because okay. So you remember in the Phantom Menace when they try to use uh, Republic credit? Yeah, yeah. That's how I sort of took it. But then I I, yeah. I listened to a podcast today and they were like saying that establishes that he doesn't want to support the Empire. And I was like, yeah. oh, I thought it well, establishes that the no. Imperial currency well, is worth nothing. Or, or well, Werner Herzog has a giant Imperial like pendant on his chest, and he has no problem taking a job from him. Good, and he's on. got. He's got stormtroopers there, so I don't think so. Like, oh, my understanding is that the reason why the Imperials have all that uh, special Mando steel is because they like got it from the Mandos after they ransacked their planet. Mm. Right? They mentioned it. The purge. This came from the purge, which is why I thought, like, when Werner Herzog says, "I think it should go back to the Mandalorians where it rightfully belongs," it's like kind of like he's throwing him a bone and. Although you can't see his face, it looks like he kind of like stops for a second, and he like looks looks like this guy. Like you're you're feeding me a lot. You're you know you're selling me a bill of goods here. I don't trust you. I don't. So I don't think the credits thing establishes that he's anti empire because he follows it up with, "Haven't you heard the empire's gone?" I think it's more of a yes. There's not yeah. people that accept that that currency, and man, that Mon Calamari currency looked neat. Looked like hotel soaps. Yes, it did. Like shimmery ones. You just picture Carl Weathers from like Arrested Development. I have some hotel soaps here for you. <laughs> like you know, it's like it's perfectly in character with that. Hey, you, you, um, get, you get some of that Moncal currency and some water. You've got a lather going. But what's interesting is like, okay, so Moncal currency makes sense. Like it's worth more than Imperial script now because the Empire no longer can, like, you know, like the Imperial Fort Knox, like, no longer exists to, like, back up their notes or whatever. And the Moncals were in with the Rebellion, so they must have, like, power. But wouldn't there be, like, New Republic script or something? So, like, and if anybody would be using it, wouldn't the Moncals be signed on to that monetary system? Interesting. Trouble in paradise? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Once again, to reference one of the movies, like, you know, in Solo, when they're playing Sabacc, there's so many different types of currencies on that yeah. table. So, like, it's kind of established in the Star Wars universe that there's a ton of different currencies, but it, it doesn't, like you, it doesn't make sense. If, if you're a planet under the Republic, wouldn't you well, have well, some sort of standardized currency? I think? mean, in this case, they're out of ways. Right. And, like, they're not top priority in the currency exchange, I would imagine. And so I think, I mean, these, the Mon Calamari stuff could just be because that's what everybody, like everybody had a bunch of different stuff. They've been trading around for years. And that kind of change takes a ton of time, especially if you're an outer rim planet and nobody cares about you. So of course you're just going to use the stuff that, I mean, especially if you're like bounty hunter guys, Dealing with not so nice people a lot. I think you're not going to have super official currency it, right away. Yeah, and and it's a safe bet to say that the planets that they're dealing with in the Mandalorian so far are not part of the New Republic. I mean, there's like Imperial remnant dudes it's, on them and stuff. So it's true. I mean, they are kind of hidden. They have like the the Jabba like crime bot manning the door. So. <laughs> Apparently, that's the one you get if you're going to do that. Oh, it's like, one in the entire dude, galaxy. That was, but, that, that was sick, Robbo. Don't, don't. Yeah, and, and think about it. It's like the ring doorbell. Everybody has those nowadays. 
you you don't go up to somebody's house and you're like another ring doorbell. Get a fancier doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this ding dong shit like what is that you just oh everybody's just ding dong now no i mean um what was i gonna say like yeah of course like if if the rebellion wins like it's not like they're the rebellion they're not gonna just automatically say we conquered the empire therefore all imperial worlds are ours now because right. they probably couldn't but they wouldn't want to either it would be like if you want to join the new republic you could but you don't have to they can't force it, right? So I guess that does make sense. And also, like, Emily, like, in what most Westerns take place, like, pretty close to the Mexican border, if not south of the border. So in, like, at various, like, before or after, like, the uh, Mexican Revolution and all that. So, like, there are probably, I don't, I can't remember any particular movie, but I'm guessing that there is situations where people are like, oh, no, I want, like, you know, I want, like, uh, you know, Spanish pieces of eight or whatever <laughs> i can't remember that's in pirate movies but like that was like a that was like a thing too or like you know i know there's movies where they're like i've got confederate dollars like oh yeah man listen let me tell you something about that all right what about this when he was talking to carl weathers and i like referring to everyone by their their actor name or, or the characters like like that species they're, they're, they're the yoda all right, that's that's how I. Yeah, they're, they're, they're prune faces, they're squid heads, they're Yodas. But was Carl Weathers going to offer him the special job if he took the other jobs, or did he know he was not going to take the other jobs? Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's sort of like, oh. like he like he gives him all these other ones, and he says, "I'll take them all," and he goes, "Oh no, nah, we've got to share them around. You can have one." I, I think what it was supposed to be in the, um, my guess is that the the writer just didn't do a good enough job explaining it, or the director didn't do, do enough good you know good enough job explaining Again the act. Again with but the Filoni. Look, that was weird. Like Carl Weathers doesn't even like blink between those two things. Like, well, I do have one other thing. You know, it's like you think like he, there should be like a hesitation. Like, I don't want to give this to you because I need you to do other bounties. Like, you're a good helper and i don't want you to go here and do this thing where people just keep dying but it doesn't look like that it looks like i'm just holding out on you because whatever like, well it could it could very well be that he's holding out on him so he'll take this job like mm. it's not you know like he probably has the mandalorian in mind for this job and he's kind of just because it, it it doesn't seem like he jumps at the idea of this weird under the table bounty and then later it's established that there's another bounty on this bounty. So it seems like the bounty guild also has this, but it's under like a strict uh, kill order. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so ahead. there's definitely, I mean, multiple people after the Yoda baby. Right. And what is, I don't know. This is something that's always been with Star Wars, but I think especially with the time period we are in now, which is what exactly an official bounty is and what's um, like go kidnap this baby or go kill this baby. And and, uh, honestly, when he kept telling them it was bail jumpers, I was like, oh, so they're basically like space dog, the bounty hunter, because that's what dog, the bounty hunter was always going after dudes to skip bail. Yeah, that would be like almost every I, that that just tells me like somebody looked up like what do like Google like 
what do bounty hunters do? Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they mostly go after bail jumpers. But it's also an, like I, I looked after like the probably the couple after a couple of viewings, I was like, well, that is kind of telling you something because it's like, well, there's some kind of justice system out there. Like, it's not totally yeah. lawless, unless they're all, like, local systems who are going, like, you know, like, somebody jumped their bail on, you know, like, Dantooine or whatever, and they're wanted by the Dantooine Municipal Police or something like that. But, you know, it could be any, but there's some law and order out there, or else this guy would be out of work. Okay, well, what about... All right, so... The Mandalorian's complaining that he can barely make a profit. Like, he's sort of like, oh, fuel won't cover that. Mm-hmm. Then when he goes to see Werner, Werner says that he's expensive, very expensive. But then this is for a bounty that seems near impossible. Like, it, it seems like like he's very expensive, but he's taking all these like low-paying jobs. So it doesn't sound like he is expensive. No, and, and then and then he, because this job's so was, hard, wouldn't it like have to cost a lot of money anyway? He he was told by Carl Weathers that he's very expensive, which I think was Carl Weathers gouging Werner Herzog. Yes, and you got to think uh, Carl Weathers is going to get a cut of this bounty too, like He's not doing this out of... He's the middleman, so... I think... Uh, I think Emily's on to something with that. Hmm. I wonder... Did, did they that makes re- sense, yeah. Did they touch upon... They didn't really say how much it was at all, yeah? Or is it just for all that sweet metal? Is that... Well, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's, like, more like... Because he's, like... He just says, like, oh, like, he knows that he's a Mandalorian, therefore he must want this, like, special Mandalorian space metal. Like the, I know what I can get. Like it all seems like he's he already knows exactly. Like it should have been more like clear. I think in the store in the way it was set up that this was all like planned from the beginning. Like space Carl Weathers and space Werner Herzog. Like already had talked about this and had all set up, and they're like luring him into this thing. I mean, that's. I mean, this is all stuff that could come to light in future episodes. True. Like you know this. They don't necessarily have to lay out the whole plan, especially if there's going to be some crisscrossing and some turning on each other stuff going on. So, do they know? I, I think from now on we should refer to Robbo as Earth Robbo. Earth Robbo. Uh, do they know the Mandalorian's name? Do they? I, I, I don't know. I, I can tell you that Pedro does, and he said yes, he does in the last twenty four hours in an interview. So. Yeah, I I mean, I know he has, like, a name and he's, like, a nobody, but, like, there's, like, when he goes into the, like, which is what happens right after this, right, is he goes to, like, the Mando, like, underground hideout where even the kids wear helmets, don't you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, he walks past, uh, I what I guarantee you is meant to be a shout-out to Jodo Cast, who was a <laughs> Boba Fett and all but name that was invented for the RPG, Uh and um, all that. And it's like, well, what are those guys doing? Like, are, do they all about like hunt bounties? Then he can't be the Mandalorian, or is it just him and he's supporting like this whole colony? Well, I, I don't. It, okay, so it would be a little silly to me if all of those Mandalorians were bounty hunters because we're already working on the premise of 
This is a guy that looks a lot like Boba Fett, but he's not Boba Fett. But he's got Boba Fett's job, but he's not Boba Fett. Um, and if all the dudes hey, that looked like that... I, I know how like frustrating it is when... Like, you know, all the Mandalorians are bounty hunters. All the Greedos are, like, <laughs> like bad, you know, killers. I, I want to go to the Watto planet where everyone, <laughs> they've got their own little stalls and they're just trying to sell, like, they're all trying to sell stuff to each other, like, just Wattoing up. Nobody's buying. Yeah, that'd be so dope. I bet you right. go there and they're just a bunch of corpses. They all starve to death. It's like they could, wow. <laughs> they couldn't like I can't get a good enough deal on this ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know that they're all meant to be bounty hunters. Uh I'm hoping we get a little more insight into that whole oh, on I'm place. sure we will. Yeah, I wasn't saying that as if that's like a that's a plot hole. I'm just saying like no, no, no. there's got to be something up with that. And also yeah. I want to see what those kids helmets look like cuz why are the kids wearing helmets when they live underground? <laughs> um uh, I think, I mean, it might be because kids like to dress up and like run around in helmets, especially if they have like the cool Mandalorian who is obviously seems to like have a higher position in this enclave, you know, and he's donating the rest of the money that comes from this when they melt down the thing to help the foundling. So they probably will talk to him and stuff. And so I can see it being that. Also, I feel like this is definitely hey, we're in our little refugee enclave. We're going to do everything we can to hang on desperately to our culture. Right. Now, I was totally shocked by going into that Mandalorian Mandalorian enclave thing. But I loved it because it clicked me into something that I've wanted for so long, and that's he is Mike from Breaking Bad. Like the 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 very savvy bounty hunter type that has his plans are well thought out, and he's all he's doing it all all this sort of crime for a benevolent purpose. I right. I was so stoked. Well, it's not the crime. Other th- Let's just be clear. But go ahead. The, the other thing that's good about well, that is it it gives it gives more stakes because otherwise. Okay, so like when the, when he has the little touching moment with the Yoda baby, you go, okay, he's not going to want to hand over the Yoda baby to Werner Herzog and the evil scientist dude who wants to do some crazy experiments on him. And if it's just him, then it's like, okay, then he can like take off and he doesn't have to worry about anybody else. But there's this enclave of his people and... Werner Herzog is not a type to be like, oh, well, the Mandalorian did something bad. I'm just going to target him. It's, hey, you screwed me over. I'm going to burn your entire enclave to the ground. Good point. Right. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I, it's, I it's something when, um, him with other than his life. Yeah. I, I thought when he said the thing about um, it would be nice to get this metal back to the man, whatever he said, I, I, I kind of thought he was trolling him. Like sort of it saying, did seem kind of like, like, like was, the, the, the yeah. empire I was a part of, like, I'm acknowledging that we took this from you and it would be mm-hmm. nice to give it back. Like, or like, like he was doing I know that favor. like two blocks over, you've got like an entire society hidden away. 
because they're hidden. Like it's that, that must be a there must be a reason for that, right? Of course. Now, Hawes. Yes, sir. You're a huge fat guy. I am. All of a sudden, we're going into this Mando layer. The, the music that cracks open, it kind of sounds like the opening of a Tool song. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. And then you've got the banging of, like, the industrial metal. Like, I, I, I could just imagine you, like, on the ground, beard just covered in drool with a big grin. Uh, I rewrap like... I'm not one to rewind stuff on my first viewing. Like, I like to watch it all the way through. I had to rewind that a couple of times because there was so much that I wanted to take in. Um, I never thought I would be so fascinated by a blacksmithing scene in Star Wars. Boy, I was wrong. (laughs) That was pretty cool. Hoss, like, can you tell us, like, do all, does all the, the, the Bando armor, is it all made of the special space steel or just the really important people? So I think, like, uh, I think it all is. And I think it's, I don't know, because things have changed. And, like, when you think about what Mandalorian culture stuff we've gotten in Star Wars that's, canon it's mainly come from clone wars and rebels right like mm-hmm. that's where the most of that stuff has come from they take their helmets off all the damn time they do um and so i think that it is all that's what makes mandalorian armor mandalorian armor is the fact that it's made from beskar mandalorian iron um the thing that fascinates me is the whole insignia thing like she asked him as your um has your signet revealed itself? And he's like, no. And she says, soon. I think, and this is one of the maybe small downfalls of following this stuff so closely to do podcasts and whatnot. I think I know what his insignia is going to be because it was on the uh, producer coin. Do you remember that story where the kid got the the producer's challenge coin? the challenge coin, coin, yeah. Yeah, that had the helmet on one side and on the other side there was... Uh, a symbol that I think is going to end up being his his symbol. I, I think Ash got given one of those. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Now, do we know what exactly it means for his signet to be revealed? Is that some sort of? Is it a ceremony? Is it a? Is it because he's a foundling and doesn't know necessarily who his like it, house is? Yeah. It, I don't know this for sure, but just from that line of dialogue, it made me wonder because, like, there's that whole thing with the Mandalorians and Rebels where they're so-and-so of House Vizsla or whatever. And it could even, you don't even have to be a born into that family, right? Like, you can be, I, I could be Halls Burkhart of House Vizsla instead of House Burkhart or whatever. So I'm wondering if that is, it's sort of like a a graduation moment or something, or maybe... Like, so I guess whoever had Boba Fett's armor, wherever Boba and Django got their armor, their signet was the Mythosaur skull because he's famously got that on his shoulder piece, right? Right. That's what I was going to ask earlier, right? So is it going to be representative of some great task or, like, challenge that he overcomes? Like, hopefully his his signet isn't a blurg. If you want, if you want to go full spec, that'd be pretty. Good. What if it was? Uh, what if it was Ugnolty was a signet? It was just like an Ugnolty <laughs> face, like right on his paw. 
uh, if it's going to go full 110 percent space western what he's going to have to do is like meet like you know like uh, some shaman or something and take some space peyote and like go out and like a vision quest and then he's going to like meet like the, his spirit animal I, I think going to the foundry that that seemed like that was his vision quest with all the flashbacks which yeah did, yeah. did anyone spot a battle droid like i haven't sort of paused through it but is it from a so, different clip or what but we saw it in the trailer right that's right, yeah, yeah, so in that bit i think is he having flashbacks no, every episode i think those flashbacks are going to maybe not every episode but as the series progresses i think we're going to see more and more of that flashback and eventually it'll be revealed like i think that's where the battle droids and stuff come into play is going to be in the flashbacks and i think we're going to See, that was probably his parents locking him away to keep him safe from the battle droids. And that's, I mean, he clearly doesn't like droids. It's well established. And, I mean, that all just lines up too much for me to be anything other than the battle droids killed, he, you know, his family or took over his planet or something. Yes. We need a new way to hide orphans in this galaxy. Yeah, and then shut them up in, like, in like a, a space uh, cellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was sort of thinking about today. I was like, "What? Like, if there was like a like a you put them in a pod and there's a secret underground train that that shoots them, like to somewhere I, else." I really hope Forrest Whitaker is the hole. one who gets them out of there. That that would be great. Like, uh, Mandalorian, I've come to rescue you. There is, like, when you think about it, like, there's at least an opportunity for some kind of character cameo in that role if that's what happens if somebody comes and rescues him maybe it'll be Carl Weathers <laughs> this is just his job <laughs> it's, it's Forrest Whitaker's job yeah he just rescues kids trains them to be a badass and then like see you later go do your thing yeah, for, like, for like 200 bucks Forrest Whitaker will rescue your estranged child hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bring the vibe down but the forest has been cut down he's he's out he got yeah but it, it, but it could have happened when he was a kid when the Mandalorian was a kid, that's that timeline. Ah, up. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, the okay. whole timeline thing is something we should talk about. Okay. Or we can wait for uh, uh, if we ever do a uh, episode commentary track. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, the landscapes, when he lands on this planet, now, like, a lot of the show was filmed like in a abandoned paddock in LA near the airport and to have those like like amazing vistas and stuff i was i was so impressed by like all the the landscapes and stuff and especially the um the big cracks and the blurgs are jumping them like that was that was so that was just like Thank you, Star Wars. Thank you for just showing me this, like, yeah. just delightful imagery of things I, I thought, could never imagine. Yeah, I thought for, like, the CGI, like, human being riding on a CGI lizard, it was probably the best Star Wars has ever done. Oh, and they've done go, a lot. Go, watch that compared to Anakin riding on the back of whatever that thing is on Naboo and Attack of the Clones. And it's, like, 50 years of movie history difference. Like, it's so much better. Because it's hard for them to animate human bodies moving in that kind of like unnatural way. Like you even see it in Solo, where um, uh, Val like does the grappling hook, and it's like suddenly her body turns into like 
uh, really oddly stiff. A thunderbird. She was yeah, like it looks thunderbird. like a marionette. Yeah. Um, I loved the just the close up shots where they it was clearly a muppet that he was wrestling with and like punching a muppet in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love the muppetry. Good muppetry. But the the Blurg was originally in like the battle for Endor, and mm-hmm. I think I feel like the way they animated it was sort of to animate it like that stop motion, like the way that had such a, like a unique, like, I don't know, this just a bizarre movement. Like it's stride, like the way it walks. I could, it, I got like Tauntaun vibes from it. You know, like the further out shots of Tauntauns uh-huh. when you see them walking on Empire, in Empire Strikes Back. So like the CG that they did and somehow made it look of that quality. I don't know. Maybe I'm being crazy, but like, that was pretty neat. What about that? The um, the females eat the males after mating. Um, did you feel like you were being catered to, Emily? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Look, I mean, it's the sort it's the sort of line that you get honestly quite a lot in sci-fi. It's it's fairly tired, mm-hmm. but I'm fine with it. It was funny. It made me laugh. Yeah. Somebody says something about a weird creature, and then the person who knows about the weird creature says something even weirder. Although it's actually not that weird if you understand, like, you know, earth bugs and stuff like that. But Right. It's not that uncommon. Do you think, or, do you think yeah. that, like, over time they're going to release some making of? Like, normally they're, they're so into, like, going on about all the effects and stuff. But I, I, I need one of the, like, one of those, um, vignettes with like green lines around the Ugnaught. Like I, I where does Nolte begin and Ugnaught start? Like it's- I don't so I don't think Nolte is there in person at all. No. I think that's an actor on the map. <laughs> really? And you don't just- think he was walking around on his knees in a big no. ass? No. Oh no, it's nope. um it's I an LA it's actress. An LA actress is the Ugnaught. That the body. But right. Um, I'll, I'll actually, I'll look up her name in two seconds. But like the face, it it looks like Nolte's eyes. Like what? Like there's Nolte's in there. Like mm. like digitally, he's he's been noltified. The young not. I I think somebody went to his house and took a picture of him. I, I think the Ugnots were based on Nolte in the first place. <laughs> like, I think somebody had a time machine and they're like, what does Nick Nolte look like in the year like 2005? And just, that would be a perfect alien. That's exactly who works on that conveyor belt. Um, yeah. I, I loved, I loved, what, what's the Ugnots name? Sorry. Uh, it's, it's, it's K-U-I-I-L. Okay. So it's not bad that I don't know his name. Right. I haven't figured out how to say it either. Quill? I absolutely love him. That um, I have spoken line, like, it was... When I heard that the second... Like, the second time he said it, and I realized that was his little, like, cadence, that was his over, I was like, oh, that's, like... It was like when I heard Kanja Club in The Force Awakens, like, in the cinema, and I was like, oh, everyone's going to be saying that tomorrow. Like, it's, <laughs> it's such... Oh, just that's a so good well Star Wars detail because it implies that that's what Ugnots say, or not, maybe not Ugnot, but like it's like a that's what people from that part of the galaxy would say. Like they don't say like 
I'm not telling you anything else. You're like, you know, I'll tell you later. They say, I have spoken. It's like their way of saying, like, dude, shut up. I'm not answering any more questions. It implies something that is broader than the movie or TV show, in this case, itself, um, which is always a good thing for Star Wars to do, rather than just reference something that you've already seen or heard. Well, I just love that they come up with, like, you've got an Ugnaught, this little pig man, and now he's living out in the desert. But then it's like, let's make up something weirder about him. And then it's like, oh, we'll make every sentence say, I have spoken. Like, that, that going that extra, adding that extra weird detail, that's like the Star Wars. It's the juice. Bite in. But yeah, and that's what you do to make characters interesting. And that's what Star Wars can do in abundance because there are no rules for the most part. Like, you want to create a character who's just like a little bit distinct. You just give them something like that, and then you know, the uh, you know somebody will write a novel where every single Ugnaught says that after every sentence, and it becomes like driven into the ground to the point where it's not interesting anymore. Um, and I liked why the Ugnaught helped him. I, I thought that made sense. It was just like once we get rid of these dudes, you know, the better the the town's going to be a lot more mellower. I want to sleep in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just bummed that. Uh, it seems like that's all the uh, Nolte we're getting in this. Unless, I was, I was thinking about this, unless the next episode deals with him trying to get off the planet and there's some kind of difficulty in that, then um, we might not be getting any more. Well, Nolte's got the only like baby Yoda formula in the on the planet. So uh, okay. like, if you want to feed that thing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I, I have a question because okay. it's sort of the way I watched it versus what I've heard other people talking about since, which is the guys, I can't remember the aliens, sorry, the guys who had Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I've heard a couple people saying, oh, they were like the Knights Templar or something protecting the Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian and IG-11 just wiped out a bunch of like heroes. I had taken it when I was watching as, oh, there's yet, like, there's a third group and even possibly more who all want the baby Yoda for their own nefarious purposes. Hmm. I haven't put much thought into that. What do you mean, Emily? Like, so the people that the Mando were fighting, I thought, like, to me, they were the gang holding baby Yoda, Yoda. Um. Or yodeling. What about yodeling? I can't believe I'm saying this, but yoju is your best option here. (laughs) It's from The Simpsons. I get it. Yeah, the kids can call you hoju. Yes. So, Emily, are you saying, like, you've heard that they're, like, the the dudes in Venice and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade who are, like, we'll kill you with this speedboat because the Holy Grail is our legacy or something like that? Yeah, and that never even crossed my mind, but I heard a couple people... On 
It could be. That would be. We're discussing it that way. Well, that makes his total annihilation of them really sad. Like if they were just, I, 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 I kind of feel like that. I don't know. That really, um, that sort of muddies up the character. If that's why, if they were like protecting him, I thought they were trying to profit off him. Serves those dummies right for I mean, going. I kind of. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say it doesn't quite work for me because they just sort of had him stuck on a box with him natting over his thing, which doesn't seem like if you're protecting the little cute baby, or I have like think the little cute baby is some sort of precious object that you do. That seems more like a here here's this expensive thing we have that we'll do something with eventually kind of thing. Hey, devil's ag- advocate here. Like sometimes you just got to put them where you can. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Okay. He wasn't covered in his own filth. It's like somebody was changing those uh, diapers. So, you know, it's not like they were completely neglecting him. I was just going to say, it was like, it, like, I can't believe they all went outside. It's like, well, the last 20 dudes like died, but maybe like the next five of us could go out and like really turn the tide. I feel like one guy stayed inside. I think he got killed. He did. Yeah. Now, um, before we, wait, we close out with um, Yoju, um, IG eleven, like I'm, I'm just so glad we get a new droid that's not sassy. Like I, I love, he's my oh, favorite. Yes. Like new personality droid. I, I, like the way he thinks is so, like logical for an assassin droid. I, I'm such a fan. Such a fan. Um, and we got to see what it looks like when he walks. Oh, and do you know what it looks like, Hawes? It looks exactly. like the best thing ever. It does. Like the way he was like swiveling his arms and then the eyes, I never knew that like, oh. they were all moving independently, like to find new targets. It was like, it was, it, it was another one. It was another like, um, this is a dream. This is a weird Star Wars dream I'm having here. When the, so the scene where he and the Mandalorian are standing next to each other after like, They've killed all the dudes, and the Mandalorian's like, that doesn't look good, talking about the shot in his side. And he's like, oh, it missed my central wiring harness. And he's like, is that good? And then, like, IG-11's two eyes come together and then look down at the Mandalorian. And he's like, it is. Like, I don't know why, but I thought that was so neat. Like, how his little eye stalks or whatever operated. It's almost as if this episode was directed by an animation director who is really good at that kind of thing. <laughs> Which, for, for the, like, again, I don't think Dave Filoni is good at talking to people or telling them what he really thinks, which is why you get some of these issues in the other scenes. But Robo, God, however, if is you would have very told me good at saying I would have what seen IG-88 walk and it makes, like, it actually looks really, really good, I wouldn't have believed you before this. Well, it was interesting that whole Mandalorian section in the Enclave. If that was in Clone Wars, I just I would have been just like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I don't like I'm not judging anyone, and I'm not saying you know if if people love it as much or more, but I just don't respect animation as much as live action. Like seeing that in live action was so fascinating compared to if it was animated. I'd just be like, yeah. 
I don't know. To me, that scene looked like I don't understand why every costume was basically just Boba Fett with different colors. Like, except for except for the uh, blacksmith chick who was awesome. But isn't that she the had, whole like, culture? Aren't they huh? all like got their masks and their suits? Isn't that what it's all about? Why would you make them exactly the same? They didn't do that to you know what I mean. Like it's just yeah, and even in Clone Wars and Rebels, there is variance in the like. It could be even as something something as simple as a different sort of shape to the visor, you know. But they 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 don't look as samey. I do like that they sort of did a take on the Sabine style helmet for the blacksmith lady. I thought that was really neat. Her helmet looked really distinct. It looked really it nice, I thought. It's, the horns on the helmet horse signify that she's part of Darth Maul's clan or something? Oh, that, I forgot all about that. I doubt that's what they're going with. Like, uh, if you remember Sabine's mom in... Um, <laughs> hey, we, we in all Rebels. remember Sabine's mom. It, you know. <laughs> she had, like, not exactly those style horns, but she had like almost like Batman ears on the side of her helmet, more like owl. It looked almost like an owl, her helmet. So there is like precedence for some decoration, decorative elements on the helmets. Now, at what point, like did I didn't click it was a Yoda. Until the face. Like, I didn't, the behind shot didn't do it for me. The behind shot did it for me. As soon as I saw the ears from behind, I was like, that's a baby Yoda. Yeah. Once I heard Taika Waititi say, like, some species may, like, you know, whatever he said, like, have much longer childhood face, which biologically does not make sense. I'll just point that out. But, um, no, what about dog ears? What about. It always would work in the opposite. Like cats are like adults before they're one human year old. Yes, because their lifespan is shorter. That's how it works. I just don't understand why you would remain an infant if you if you live if your lifespan is like a thousand years. Why would you be an infant for like? Because like, it's all it's all stretched out a larger percentage of that than we are infants in our lives. But anyway, Emily, what did what, did you like see that coming or? I, I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting to see a Yoda, but like as soon as you see the just the little like outline of the ears, I'm like, I, I believe my exact words yelled at my television were, "Oh my god, it's a baby Yoda!" <laughs> you didn't say Yoju. I, you know, I didn't, and I really can't believe that didn't immediately jump to my mind. Yeah, me too. I guess. It- you know, you just need someone to lead the way. I can be that guide for you. You're you're a thought leader. I gotta say, like, a lot could have gone very wrong showing a baby Yoda, right? Like, think of all the bad fan art you've seen of young Yoda, and his skin is like plastic. I love that. And <laughs> That's like, so great. You know, and they could have really messed up this but i don't know i don't know that i have a single complaint about the design of the baby yoga species i just wish they would have made a skin like an obviously different color so nobody would confuse it with yoda it's himself i can get that because even yaddle in the prequels her skin is a little different but it's still green but it's it's Mm -hmm. a different shade i i reckon Um, if they change the color that would 
it would make it too different. You think? Yeah, I think for most, I, I think people need that's a baby Yoda. Like it was so clearly a baby, and it was. It was so cute. Like it was so cute. His it's the cutest is... thing that's ever been in Star Wars. I'm sorry, everything else. Oh, it was... I can't. I can't deal it's with it. It's too bad they didn't give him like a little cane and he's just chewing on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need this in a little while. It's Wasn't a bit that like some like like EU thing where it's like the cane had like some hallucinogenic properties yeah, and yeah, it it chewed his... on it to get high. They called what? it either. His, it was like his gimmer stick. Yeah, or the glimmer stick, stick yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's how long does it take for him to merchandise this, this Yoju? I'm telling you, there will be pops out. There will be a because Funko is always the first, right? Funko will have that out by the beginning of 2020. I guarantee you, there are people whose tattoos are just like drying right now. Like they're just yeah. <laughs> they just got him. They're just scabbing up. It's a great time. yeah. Um, Do you think? The yeah. Mandalorian is ever going to carry little baby Yoda on his back, like Luke Skywalker style, but instead of big Yoda head, looking over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm just picturing like uh, Pedro Pascal with like one of those baby Bjorn things, and like yeah. Yoda is like hanging out of it. <laughs> and then my mind immediately goes to Pedro Pascal breastfeeding baby Yoda. Why does it immediately go there? I don't know, but I'm something is is seriously wrong with me. And uh, but we don't know. Maybe Mandalorians like male Mandalorians lactate. You don't know. No, no. That's bias. true. I don't know. No bias. Very interesting. But um. But you're all thinking about it. <laughs> as I said before, I was enjoying the show. I was like, this is you know, this is good Star Wars fun. There's a lot of. I, I wasn't that caught up in the story, but all the little Star Wars treats, like, you know, the, the land speeder with the R2 unit and the, like, just all the little things like that. But then once, like, they revealed, like, the Force was involved, because it was just missing the Force, which is my is favorite Is the Force bit. involved, Steel? Well, I, I have to assume. Or are you just generalizing because Yoda knows the Force, therefore all of the Yodas know the Force? Hey, is that what you're as doing? Jerry Seinfeld once said, if I like their race, how can it be racist? Well, what else do you bring Yoda, baby Yodas into the story for? Because they're rare and therefore like special. Also, now, about him being the bounty being 50 years old, Hawes, what do you think is up with that? Because the Phantom Menace happened 41 years prior to this show. Right. I don't know what the significance of that is. I, I have I have a worry. Like today, something somebody noticed something about one of the characters in the show that has me very worried. And I think it was because my brain went to an immediate worst case scenario situation. So, you know, the doctor that works for uh, Warner Herzog, I know where you're mm-hmm. going and it's terrible. Can yes. He's got a, he's got an emblem on his shoulder that is uh, a Camino and cloner emblem, I guess. It's like, Could a, be, yeah. right. And so my mind goes like, like I said, worst case scenario is, they're not going to say this is a clone of Yoda, are they? Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, because... Yoda. Yoda. Yoda-da-da. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really don't want them to do that. Now, 
could it be that he's interested in cloning Yoda's species? Now, that makes sense. That's more up my alley. That's more up my alley. And it could it be that they're interested in studying them because they live so long? If it were cloning, though, would it matter if he showed up dead? Like that's, it That was what I was thinking. Yes, uh, yes. I'm, I, I'm, I'm clinging to that place. I think it might be that... So I was talking... I think it was with King Tom, and there was some sort of story element about the sample they got from Django uh, deteriorating over time. That's why they kept him around, right? The cloners. So maybe... They maybe if the baby's alive, they have more sam- I don't, samples they can what, get. I don't know. What if they weren't stupid and they did something cool with this? What would that be? I mean, here's the other thing to keep in mind: is somebody wants that baby Yoda dead? Yes. Somebody wants him dead. Werner Herzog would prefer it if he's alive, but bounty hunting's a complicated profession. Don't you agree? <laughs> so IG Eleven. It's a total different bounty that he's on. I think yes. so. Yes. I think maybe for uh Esposito's character. That's just my guess right now. But Ooh. or or maybe Mignaz. I don't know. But I, my my first immediate thought was Moff Gideon. I thought Giancarlo's character is gonna be the one who's revealed to be the guy who like raided the Mando's village. I don't know, because I, I think I don't because he's once again, an imperial guy, right? Like, does that, unless he was leading uh, an army of battle droids in the resistance? Well, I and mean, there's also such thing as like the droid mafia, right? Like, it doesn't the have droid to droid gotra. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be that this happened during the clone. They run Hollywood. that would like make him exactly like no younger than like 28. So, oh. you know what I mean? Like, it's it makes more sense to me. Like, there's just like a bad guy out there who's doing so like i don't know like i don't i, I think actually now that you well, mentioned that you, you have a good point like i'm probably totally off he could be he could be in his 30s like i don't know how old he's supposed to be in those flashbacks but like if that happened at the very beginning of the clone wars like okay yeah he could be like 35 yeah you could you could stretch it depending on how old he's supposed to be in those flashbacks but it's not like all the battle droids that were used in the Clone Wars just, like, retired after the right. war. It's like somebody surely must have done something with them. That would be the interesting story. Like, I want to see, like, what if the Yoda species are rare, but they have some kind of, there's some kind of, like, knowledge. And if you ha- they maybe they, like, have a really, really super low birth rate. And so, like, the one Yoda baby that was born in, like, 400 years would be really valuable to them. And they have something that the Empire or whatever... Empire remnant wants like, and then somebody else is like, "No, I don't want the Empire to find it, and I'm going to kill that Yoda baby." And maybe that might be like, maybe that's uh, you know the New Republic who wants him dead. That would be interesting. Yeah, I I was intrigued by the idea of maybe they want to study it because they have a longer lifespan. Like, I'm going to use a reference here that may not land with everybody, but it's like a a Ben from Law situation where he wants Jack Shepard so he can operate on the cancer in his back. Like maybe there's something wrong with Warner Herzog. I don't know. He's got Warner a doctor. Herzog's got back cancer, or he's got you know. And I don't know, man. I was trying to think through. Like that's the thing that 
Once I, I, I got that terrible he'd, he'd idea, be more, in my he'd, head. he'd be more worried about it coming home alive if it if he de- depended on it for some sort of uh, health. Right, right, that's true. I, don't, I, I hope it's something more complicated than anti-aging serum. I do too. Just, I mean, hey, we got to explain how Palpatine's still alive. It's it's well, the evil space Maybelline company. <laughs> there's just there's there's lots of species that have longer lifespans. I mean, IG Eleven just sort of like shrugs off the whole fifty year old baby thing. That's true. I mean, Wookies they live yeah. much longer. That's a good point too. So Maz is probably even older, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever she is. Yeah, I, I think it's like. I don't know. If you go to a really good Indian restaurant, you don't ask him how to cook the rice. Is that a good metaphor? I, I feel like uh, his uh, long uh, life—that's not his main benefit. It's his right. sweet yeah. force action. Why would he have to? Why would they all have the force? Well, I don't want the Yodas to all be like Yoda. That would be stupid. This wouldn't necessarily be all having the force. Maybe this baby has the force. Just let them all have the force, Robbo. Just let them. Why? Have I mean, I don't want them to have the force either, just because I don't want the force in this show. But I don't. I kind of don't want him to use the force, but I want the promise of some force. Like there, there, there is a chance on the next, and I think that the show could just go off a cliff for Robbo, or if he's like in the ship and there's just stuff floating around and the Mandalorian's like, oh, I, I hate baby. to say that there's something that would just kill it for me because I really want to continue enjoying this show. But damn it, Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you agree that my idea is more, it's more interesting? Just, just admit it. What's your idea exactly? That... There's something like there's something the baby is valuable for any other reason. <laughs> that, that, that is it's a just good like idea. maybe the Yoda species. They're like they have some they're like rarely seen for a reason. Like maybe like you're trying to coax them out of hiding or something or like anything like you want something that they have anything. But they all have the force and they all talk backwards. Please, for the love of God, not that. Are we getting I, just, I hate the idea that Star Wars is so bereft of ideas. All they can do is make everything like what we've seen before. I don't know. I like it a little bit. Not too much. Do you think any Yodas are involved in the search for Baby Yoda? Yoju. If we see a Yoda species bounty hunter, I, that might turn. Like, <laughs> no, I if just I see mean, a, a Yoda I, with no, a bandolier and like a bunch of guns. That's worse than the no, lightsaber. No, 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 no. I mean, are they hiring? Like, are they in? Like, there's, oh. like, there's one. Someone wants the Yoda, the the Yoju, and they're like, you got to think the Imperial wants to do tests on it, and then IG Eleven. He just wants to shoot it in the head. Like, so who are these opposing... Like, like, is he going to end up not... Like, I feel like this is what has to happen, I get, guess, is... Larry, obviously, is he decides he doesn't want to, like, go through with it. Like, he's got to get it back to its rightful home rather than... Because it's sort of established that he's got this, you know, quite a moral code in that 
he's not out bounty hunting for his own gain, but it's for like his family's or his tribe's right. gain. I, I consider people who decline to shoot babies to be on the moral end of the moral <laughs> spectrum. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's a pretty well, low bar. And I think the setup of him clearly going through something when he was a right. baby or a young one, like I think that is going to tie into it too. Oh, I mean, yeah, we have the the line about him caring about foundlings and being a foundling when he's talking to the armor. And I mean, maybe this is a reach. I think it's intentional when we see him being closed up in the cellar or whatever, and he's got the blanket wrapped around him. And then there's a little Yoda baby in his little space bassinet wrapped up in a little blanket all right. alone. It makes me wonder if, uh, the Mandalorian has some kind of similar, importance like were they hiding him because he's important in some way or is it more of like look these droids or whatever is going to wipe out everybody so we got to hide our son i mean if so he must be only important to his like village or his family because he's the only guy in the enclave who leaves the enclave apparently like he's the one who's but that's why i was asking about the the special mando steel that they whether he is the only one who can wear that or whether the, all of their armor is like that. Because if it's all like that, what are the dudes doing here just, like, sitting around the house? Like, are they just, like, because you can't tell. Like, if if the if the show showed you something where it's like, oh, no, those are, like, old men or women or whatever. Like, they're, they're the old people in the group. They can't go out and do this anymore. They're, all they do is stand by the door. Then it would make sense. Like, he's their hope like for a new generation, but there's, they can't show that to you where they don't bother to. And if yeah. they all got the steel, like what's the point of him getting it? Like, I think we also got to keep in mind, like, you know, this is eight episodes and only, like I said earlier, it's like the first one and you don't want to play all your cards. Like I caught what I really like about this show. That was one of the things that reminded me of the kind of star Wars. I like the most is how it just drops you in. You know what I'm saying? Like, drops you in. It's That's it's true. the true definition of the quote-unquote mystery box. Of, like, you drop people into an established universe with established characters, and you reveal stuff to them slowly as you go along, right? Yeah, or Uncle so, George's, like, documentary style, where he's just right. showing you the galaxy as it is. Right. Some of it will be explained, yeah. some of it won't. We don't, we don't know that none of the other Mandalorians are ever going out and doing stuff. We know that this enclave seems pretty locked down, but that just could also be, hey, remember how we almost all got wiped out? Mm-hmm. We're going to be really super protective of it. Maybe there's some people hanging out there, but maybe there's also a guy who like goes to work at the floral shop every day. <laughs> the Mandalorian florist. I'm I, it looked like a lot of layabouts to me. A lot of bludges. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be explained in some more interesting way than that, but it just seemed odd that he's the only one with a day job, that's all. It seemed like that, but I'm sure there's some explanation, but yeah. Um, the the scene with IG-11 about to shoot Beiju, Yoju, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... That actually got me. Like, I don't normally... I, I sort of, in shows, I don't normally buy into that. But I was sort of like, when the shot went off, I was like, ah, 
Like I was, I had tension and then I was so, like I was so relieved. Like I was so emotionally invested instantly that they, as soon as they um, introduced Yoju, that um, I was like, no, don't, you can't do that to Yoju. And I was so happy to see the hole in his head. I was very relieved. He's coming back, though. Oh, yeah. Why do you say that, Hawes? Not that I'm disagreeing. Uh, well, we could be dealing with a Rogue One situation where we've been shown things, official things, that don't end up in the final show. But there's, like, if you watch the trailers and stuff, there's IG-11 stuff in those trailers that we haven't seen in the show yet. Is like again, I I do think he's going to be in the rest of the show. But what what shots are there that we haven't like most of that? There's two. Uh-huh. There's one from a TV spot where Cara Dune is like, uh, "Who are they going after?" And then it cuts to IG Eleven, and he goes, "The Mandalorian." And then there's another one that's him and. Cara Dune and the Mandalorian in the cockpit of the Razor Crest. Ah. Hoss, could you do the little arm motions again where you said the, um, the Mandalorian? Thank you. All right, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is why I don't like doing video. This is what I do when I podcast and stuff. And I Somebody wishes he was a shirtless Skeletor on a <laughs> right doesn't seem so stupid now does it you can't see any of the dumb i'm doing dumb hand motions all the time nobody can see it <laughs> um <laughs> also um I, I i do so bad with his name uh takia what yes say it one more time taika watiti Taika Watiti, excellent. Taika Watiti, burn that, burn that. I have so much trouble remembering names these days. Saying them is another thing, but just taking them in. Uh, he said in an interview that, like, he mentioned episodes. Like, mm-hmm. was, so I guess that's yeah. And he, and he also had that thing in one of the interviews where he said that one of IG Eleven sort of personality quirks is that he mm-hmm. hates being compared to IG eighty eight. And we saw no evidence of that, unless that's one of those things that, like, they just sort of worked out behind the scenes, and who knows. What about Nolte, the Nognaut? Is he coming back? I hope so. I hope so, too, but I don't know. You know, it's okay if he doesn't. You know, I think one more episode, because he's probably got the Yoda diapers, you know, or something like that. He seems like he knows more than he's letting on. Like, Mm -hmm. I... I would have respected if they didn't bring back IG-11. But realistically, I want him to come back because I thought he was awesome. But if yeah, it was just one yeah. done, like when he, like, you know, when you watch it for the first time and, you know, you sort of go, oh, and you don't really process that, oh, he can probably just come back. He's a droid. Like I was sort of like, oh, wow, what a, what a gutsy move killing, like, what seemed like a, a main bounty hunter in, in like the first episode. But so I would have respect the decision, but I don't think it's going to happen with the Ugnaught. However, I don't respect keep him in, get him, let him, <laughs> you got to come for some reason. Come on. 
you need characters for him to talk to. I just, I don't like the idea. I really hope to get the other characters that we haven't met yet are in there soon so they can talk to each other. Cause I, I do feel it odd that he's just wandering around in the first like 20 minutes of the show and, and there's nobody talking to him. Like it's in a movie that would make more sense because movies have time to stretch out a little bit, but in a TV, in a 40 minute TV show, I just felt like it just seemed kind of like there's not a lot of plot going on in that. in like over half the episode, you know, I'm not saying like it's, I'm not, that didn't like, I understand that TV shows are like, you know, they got to get things warmed up and set the scene and all that. But it just seemed like, uh, I mean, and I, maybe that's just my way of saying like, I liked the show a lot better once you found out what his real personality was. And I was impressed that you could do that without taking the helmet off yet. Mm-hmm. You can't even see his eyes. No, I thought it was really well done. And I think, um, I think they knew they nailed it because the very first piece of concept art that comes up during the credits is that scene of him extending the finger to the little baby Yoda finger. Oh, yeah, they that's oh, I didn't even think about that. So that wasn't just if that was in concept art, if that really is concept art, then that must have been in the script from the beginning, mm-hmm. which is a very that's the thing I'd imagine a screenwriter would have trouble like visualizing until you're actually on the set thinking about like, what would this person do? But I guess somebody is like, you know, if, if, uh, Kip, uh what, what's his name? John guy Favre. from Iron Man. Favreau? Favreau. Yeah. That guy. But those, those images at the end, which were awesome. Yeah. Like from the Ralph McQuarrie portfolio, pretty much. They, they could have been back engineered off things. They could have. Yeah. They could have been. Yeah. And, uh, Aside to know, I think it's really awesome that they're releasing a full album of soundtrack for each episode. Like, I don't know how much do we have time to talk about the soundtrack a little bit, Steele? Sure, buddy. What do you think about that, Haas or Emily? Either one. I really liked it. I liked it. I'm not. I I tend to notice soundtracks when I really love them or really hate them. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the the part that stuck out to me the most was the soundtrack at the beginning because you could lift that soundtrack and put it on an episode of Deadwood and it would seem fairly in line with the rest of it. So I, I noticed that. I, I did notice, hey, this is not a typical Star Wars soundtrack. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. I mostly liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was quite... Um like different but it fit in and it sort of became like it's sometimes like a sound effect like mm-hmm. that that's the only thing that bothered me i thought it was pretty good i liked it better than the solo soundtrack which i felt like de- departed from the orchestral thing in ways that were just kind of generic this one i felt like had more personality to it and i like the Ennio morricone type style of like using atmospheric sort of effects but I did not like the way that like all the weird wubba 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 stuff would kick in right when the ship was traveling. Because you're like, is that the soundtrack or is that the spaceship? Because they both go wubba wubba. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's really disorienting. Like, which one is it? 
I just felt like you shouldn't do that when you're showing a ship that makes the same noise. It's too distracting. It's 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 pulling my brain in two different directions. And it might just be me. Like I, I didn't think it was sounded bad. I just thought it was like that was a maybe a little bit too similar. One thing we were talking about in the Twitter chat that we had very opposing views on Robbo was when they used the Falcon sound effect of it not being able to start in the Razor Crest. I thought that was really cool. And and, and you seemed a little bit um, titchy about it. Is that? Do you think it's interesting enough to be like, I just, I don't think that anybody cares but me, and I don't think that my opinion is actually entertaining. I just had to say it to somebody. That's why I managed <laughs> in that private chat. But yeah, like, my, so there's two different ways of, like, I've got two different problems with that particular sound effect. <laughs> and you, you had your chance to stop me, and you didn't. So that's why it's happening. All right. Just so you know, you all just sat there, like, <laughs> oh, that delightful Robbo. Let's see what he has to say. So that's why I'm Did going to say still stop Robbo. Me. Can I? Huh? I'm glad hmm? we're recording this. I'll have to go back and listen. Continue. Yeah. So um, it, it's like the, the first thing is like, number one, those are the same sound for two different things happening. So that's the sound of the Falcon's hyperdrive failing. Yeah. I, don't, I start I, up the hyperdrive. It doesn't, it doesn't make work. sense. I just liked it. It was just like, ah. Yeah. I, and I the other warm, thing is wanky. like, okay, it doesn't make sense because the engines are obviously on because he's flying and it's the snake walrus that's keeping him back, which doesn't affect the engines in any way. And it also doesn't have anything to do with the hyperdrive. Why would you use the same sound? Number two, that I understand. Like, of course, it doesn't really make sense. It's all made up, right? But why use the exact same sound? You couldn't even change the pitch. Are you that lazy? Like, it's just, you can't find two cars that sound exactly alike, let alone two spaceships. I love it because I heard it and I was like, ah, oh, same sound. That's so cool. And the land speeder <laughs> is exact. It's Luke's land speeder sound. It's no dip. Like, it's supposed to be a new land speeder. Make it sound at least slightly different. Don't be lazy. And this, I got to say, this is how they make those cartoons. And you know I'm right, because they don't have time for that. They're just like, I don't just recycle the old ones. They've got a whole bank of sound effects, and they keep showing up. And those are cheap and disposable. But this is a, this is a live-action TV show. Don't do that. Bring your A-game. Because I guarantee you, Ben Burt would not be like, I'm just going to do what I did before. He never did that. I'm done. You can start now. <laughs> um. I know what 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 are our um, theories? Oh, actually, this is what I want to know, Emily. Um, without Cara Dune, a uh, bit of a sausage party on these planets. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, we did get the blacksmith. That was cool. I like that. That was a woman. It it's. it's Definitely an issue when everybody, even most of the background people, are men. I think there was maybe one woman in the bar. There was uh, actually a few, I thought. Like, I, because I, my favorite thing in Star Wars is just freeze framing on the bar scenes because I like to look at all the people in the background. 
and there's a few there's like a, actually like some like uh older women in the background too like kind of there's like a a range but yeah you're right it's like it just it, i mean we don't know what those like uh skiff guards that they were killing at the end like they may all look the same but yeah, it was kind of like I think I thought about it when Ugnolty was talking about the females eating the males of the the half a dewback species. Oh, the I was plugs. Like, oh yeah, the right. Plugs for the females. <laughs> this is like the first like, women we've seen in a, females we've seen in a while. But I did appreciate like what did you think of like at least like it seems like the leader of their clan is the blacksmith, right? It's sort of. I mean, it seemed that way to me. If not leader, at least some sort of like fairly high position he did seem rather um like deferent to her so almost like a priest mm-hmm. like it, it was like a holy task that she was doing she at worst she's the leader of the blacksmiths <laughs> <laughs> i like that her costume wasn't like obviously feminized in any way like not that that's a bad thing but it's like you know what i mean like they didn't do anything like you had to kind of wait until she spoke and you're like oh, okay i get it yeah definitely but until that like you're not quite sure and that seems like that's an interesting like detail for that culture is that it's not like you know the men wear boba fett costumes and the women wear like you know metal bustiers or something like that it's yeah, because like, that's a that's a common problem in video games when they want to put a lady in like armor or something. It's completely impractical. Practical. Yeah, it's like the like Halloween goofy. spirit syndrome. It's like there's yeah. Boba Fett, and there's sexy Boba Fett. Right. You know? Exactly. I'm really sad I didn't get a smile or laugh out of anybody on that. But okay. Well, no, I was just thinking. No, that's actually incredibly accurate. I I I, I think we're gonna get. I think they're going to do better, but yeah, I hope they're going to do better, but that was a little bit. And I'm actually kind of sad that I didn't, it didn't really occur to me until kind of the very end of the show. You know, there's there's, there's promises, there's Cara Dune, then there's the other, there's another, is she a bounty hunter? The actress? An assassin. An assassin. But um, yeah, it was, it was very, very skewed. And then I was sort of going back and I was like, oh, you could have made that character like, a female, like it, it, it seemed. Yeah. Why wasn't the bartender in the beginning like a woman? Like, why did they, you know, it's like there's things they could have done. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to benefit of the doubt, it's like they wrote all these roles and that's just how it, like, and it's going to balance out later on. But yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, what I like about Star Wars is that, like, there's clearly racism in the Star Wars galaxy and, and sexism and stuff like that, but it seems to all be like, like coded it's like star trek racism where it's like all the humans are cool with the other humans it's that they just hate the aliens and that's like the way like at least we've moved beyond hating other humans <laughs> even the empire is not that evil right but uh it is weird when you don't see you know like and it's also just from like a like a industry standpoint like you're just those are you know women actors who aren't getting work who could have been like, it's, yeah. it's just a practical, like, I don't think I'm not accusing anybody of anything. And I'm the last person to, I probably shouldn't even be like voicing. Like I, like I'm in any position of authority on this. I'm not, I just, I just, I didn't think about it until you mentioned it. 
to be honest. Like I really didn't think about it until the yeah. very end of the show. It's a bit rich coming from a blue naked guy on a on a green tiger. Looks Skeletor is woke. Face it. <laughs> I did get a, a twinge of sadness about the like just the lack of toys. Like like not not on a blurg. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh I'm hoping that some of that has to do with wanting to keep some of it held back. Like there's been a little bit of um Mandalorian merch out, you know, but the fact that there isn't that Ugnaught on that creature as like a as a toy is pretty surprising. Um it's because they aren't selling toys to kids anymore. They're yeah. giving up on that. It's all the three and three quarter inch things are for adults now. And exclusively. I, and if they made them, I wouldn't buy them. I'd buy it very sparsely anyway. But it's just it's just the fact that it's not it's not there. Do you know what I mean? It, it's not yeah, the thing isn't very toy yet. I mean, I felt the same way about The Last Jedi. I thought it was in a good way, but I remember when those toys were coming out before, you know, the, I'd seen the movie. That was my first like inkling is like this might not go well for some people because I'm like the toys weren't like it was like, you know, here's the space cops. You know, it's like it's it's just kind of like it was like they didn't have a lot of things to work with. And I think that's just more about like the evolution of Star Wars as a whole. It's not so much that they're not trying to appeal to kids, but they're giving up on the toy aspect because kids don't buy toys anymore. Yeah. Well you look at the toy section in Target, like every brand is just like to nothing. Like yeah. There's no mega brand like Lego there's like Lego and then but as far as action figures go, um it's it's pretty uh everyone's got a pretty slim thing. Um I guess uh as we wrap up, what would you um what would you score it out of ten? I I, I, I thought about it and considering it's a first episode, uh I'm gonna go an eight point five. Robbo, would you like to... Why do I have to go next? Anybody but me. Okay, anybody but Robbo. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Oof. Emily. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a nine. I, I said this in our... I said this, I forget whether it was in our, our chat or when I was talking to somebody else, but it's the most fun I've had watching Star Wars since I was a kid. Oh my god! If I was twelve, like mind blown. But I, I, I would have gotten bullied at school the next day because I wouldn't have shut up about it. I can tell you, I, I, I rarely watch TV shows. Like I love Succession, and I've only seen a couple of episodes twice because I just had to watch. There was such a long gap. But I, I think I've watched it like four or five times. Not like completely tuned in, but um, I had so much fun watching it. Robbo, what's your score, buddy? 
I don't like to score things. Oh my god, just give it a number. Oh, so you made us wait to hear that it's against your belief <laughs> I was thinking about like whether I was gonna do like a super contrarian, like, oh, it's like a six point five or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's the first episode and I wanted to see the second episode. So that's good, right? Like so guys, hold on. Let me handle this. Bravo. Where would you place it in the top fifty seven thousand pieces <laughs> of Star Wars content? Well, uh... okay. So if we look at the list at number two hundred and twenty-two, we have I Jedi, the first person Jedi novel from the EU. Well, it's definitely better than that, Hawes. I think we got to okay. put it up a little bit higher on the list. But no, nah, like I'm gonna say, like it's I don't know. Like I was thinking, I, I, what would it be? plus B like would that be like a seven or 7.5 like I don't know it doesn't really matter though because if the second episode changes like if it really makes this it could change the 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 status of it the the question is this episode (laughs) taken purely by itself give it a number here's the thing Robo it doesn't matter it's fine if you change your mind later nobody is like grading your grade of this episode you could just give it a number say anything you want it's okay okay i'll say this like i was a i was like a, i'll say like a, a solid seven but when i heard that this was emily lynn's most favorite star wars thing in like modern history or whatever like of the 21st century i was like that made me so happy and like ah that's great <laughs> Like, I just wanted to hear what you liked about it. Like, and it just made me think, like, I, you know, like, I didn't feel, have the bad feeling about it. I guess I just wasn't, it, it was, it's weird. Cause like, I wasn't like way, way into it. But then again, I watched it like six more times. Six. I don't know the exact number still, uh, but, and I wasn't always paying like 100% attention, but I kept watching. I was just like, I'm just going to keep like, keep this going in the background. Like. And, uh, it, it, you know, it grew on me. Like I just, it's, it's, I guess it's more like, I'm so happy that I have something that's going to come out every week for a couple months. And like, I could talk about it with my friends and just like, it's something new every week. It's not like just a big dump of like one movie. And then we got to talk about it for a year. I got to say, if we're going to have a several year break in theatrical star Wars, the first episode of this series made me feel a lot better about that. Like, if this is the quality of Star Wars we're going to get in the TV show format, then I don't necessarily mind taking a couple of years off of things, uh, a theatrical Star Wars. Yeah, they've got to start announcing a few more, though, because... <laughs> they do. Okay, they like, do. Like, it's like, we've got this big break, but then they're burning this before the break starts. So. Right, but we have, for sure, season two next year. That's going to come then- out next year? For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. There's like two TV shows that haven't been canceled yet. Mm-hmm. And they said they have other ones in the works. So, you know, like one season of The Mandalorian as opposed to one theatrical film. Like, I, I think that'll make the wait a little easier. Much easier than between 
2012 when they announced Episode 7 and the release of Episode 7. As long as they continue to be good, because otherwise, then they're like, oh, there's a second season. That's like a threat. You know, it's like we haven't we're not done hurting this yet. Like it can get so much worse. Like I don't want it's as long as it's good with the movies. It's always like eh, if there's a stinker in there, like whatever, like they'll do better the next time. You know, it's happened before. And like but with the TV show, it's like it, you could just keep digging that hole and they can't reshoot it or anything. It's like it's all coming out. So that's what makes me nervous is like if this takes a turn for the worse, like in episode four, it's like there's four more episodes. That's what I'm nervous about. But I mean, I feel like I feel good. And I like I said, the most important thing is like I, I can talk about this with you guys for like a couple months. That's great. So if you were to give it a number, say between one and ten. <laughs> I don't think I want to talk about this with you guys anymore. I, I changed my mind. I, well, he did. He said a seven, right? I said, like, yeah, it was like a seven, but like in terms of like just how happy it makes me, like that's, yeah, seven in terms of quality, like how happy it makes me is like, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, a solid 8.5. Okay. There we go. All righty. Well, thanks so much, you guys. Let's uh, go through Emily. Where can the, the good people of the internet track down your uh, your voice saying Star Wars things and your and your uh, keyboard typing Star Wars things? Uh, I am on Twitter at EFLind and I do a podcast called The Cantobite Dispatch. You can find on all the places you find podcasts and also it is on Twitter at CantobitePod. Excellent. Robbo? I'm on Twitter at um, at GC9X, and I have a video game podcast called Hardcore Gaming 101. It's Top Games podcast. I do that twice a week. That was um, easily one of the most enthusiastic pogs we've had on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't want to take up too much time. I, I wanted to keep things moving, Steel. But do you want to slow it down anymore? Go ahead, man. Let's play. No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, I've never been here for this. This is what this is like. <laughs> yeah, you think you think that we edit all the bad stuff out, and you're just like, like, no, it's it's always like, like this. When I listen to the Robbo report, like you know, when you listen to a podcast, sometimes like in your head, you interact with the podcast. You know, this is what it's like. I I I I've listened to a few episodes of um, Blue Harvest where I've had to. Get in a director's commentary to you. I just, I've had oh, to call. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, my, my favorite thing is when we get tweets from somebody who's listening to the episode and hasn't finished yet. That's happened a couple times. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I hope more people do it. The live tweet. Um, Hawes. Yes, sir. Where's your uh, you podcast? Can find, you can find me at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter. Every Saturday on Blue Harvest with my buddy Will, and I'm also on uh, Rogue One with Johnny Grosso and Mike Pappas, and that's one with a W. One with a W. Uh, if uh, you haven't checked it out already, we've got a new interview episode up with the Mandalorian's very own Dominic Pace. If you only listen to thirteen Dominic Pace podcast <laughs> episodes this week. <laughs> Please make mine 
one of them. But um, I don't know. It, I, I think it turned out pretty good. Hopefully I win the um, the battle. Robbo, maybe on the next episode you can uh, review all the Great steal. He's got to listen to all the other ones, though, yeah. and then rate yours. And then come back. Yeah. Uh, should we? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I want to put it out there. Like, I really do want to do a commentary about this. Like, we couldn't do it today, but... Uh, we're gonna commentary track could happen. We're could happen if you want it bad enough, listeners. If you want it bad <laughs> enough. Um, and also on the uh, the Steel Wars Patreon, we just put up a Jooklyn Strikes Back with me and my wife, Jacqueline. And it covers our night watching The Mandalorian for the first time. <laughs> and people seem to enjoy... <laughs> the, it's The funniest thing is the beginning, right? Like, has anybody listened to it yet? I wasn't oh, I haven't had a chance yet. Oh, you're in for a treat. It is so funny. What you mean, like where she's going through the Disney app thing, and I don't. She is trolling your ass hard, and it is very funny. Like I was taking notes. Like this is how it's really done. Um, and there's a new uh, Patreon questions you have. Uh, there's a new page wars with uh, King Tom telling us what happened in Resistance Reborn. And what else? There's a Star Wars Year by Podcast. Oh, I've got to put up the, the next one tomorrow on the Patreon halls. Of, um, That's me. Yeah, this, the, the third part of our 1977 Odyssey. But... Um, Thanks so much, you guys. That that was uh, that was tremendous fun, and we've only got a, a couple days, and we get to watch another one, which is going to be great. And then it's going to get very painful. Although next week for me is very busy, so I appreciate the break. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks so much, you guys. Thanks for listening. If you're uh, on iTunes. Uh, give us a, a sweet five-star review. If you're on watching on YouTube, give a, a thumbs up and all that good stuff. Write a comment underneath that all adds up to something they tell me. They, they tell me at content school that this all adds up. But um, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for listening or watching. And may that force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.